Welcome to the Spark Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Charbonneau. Today on the show, I have Meg Leal. She and her son, Matthew, wrote a book called It's the Way God Made Me, a memoir of a little boy and his family's journey with severe food allergies. Now, (laughs) the reason I really liked Meg's story is because she had a boy who, she has a boy, who let's just say, didn't always really want to work on the book thing. And I've experienced this firsthand with my boys. And I want to see how, how it comes across. So some of you may think that we all here at Spark live in Disneyland and have wonderful kids who, you know, play the violin and learn Mandarin on the side. But it ain't the case. So here's Meg. And we talk about getting through, about the book process, how she did it, how she did her first book. This is her second book, actually. And uh, <laughs> their book is available today. I'll put the link in the show notes uh, to the Amazon. There's both in Kindle and in paperback. She did it all herself. I'm super proud of her because it is a little techy to get your book up there, your cover, upload the files, convert to the right stuff, and make it all happen. And she did it all. She and Matthew did it together. And the book, I got to say one thing that's really neat. We talk about this a bit uh, about it in the interview, but she has one perspective and her son has one perspective and she couldn't figure out how to, like, how is she going to meld that into one voice? And she decided to make two voices. It's it's her and then her son. I think that's really neat because you get the two perspectives on what is, you know, a pretty difficult topic, severe food allergies. And I know nothing about it. So I learned a whole lot from her book and talking with Meg and having worked with her for the past few months. All right, here, here's me and Meg talking about her new book on Amazon. There we go. And we're on. Welcome to the Spark Podcast. I'm Bradley Charbonneau, and today I have Meg Leal. And her book, and her, son, her and her son's book, just came out a few days ago. And she is, I just checked, I was just looking, you are number 93 in allergies, which is still really good <laughs> under allergies. You were number one. You were number one in new releases, and now you're uh, 93. And the top 100 is still really hard to to uh, get to. Well, well, I should say it's hard to stick there, and you've been there now for a little bit, so that's great. So welcome, Meg. Uh, nice to have you. Thank you. So I just wanted to talk with you a little bit about your experience with spark and you know ups and downs and you and i have talked a lot uh, along the way and you've this is now your second book together with your son and but this one was super different from the first one and maybe you could if you could tell us a little bit about that first one and then and how it differs from the second one and just a little bit sort of with with people in mind that they might do this they might think oh that's an interesting idea you know, and let's give them like the nitty gritty. Let's tell them like, here's the real deal behind the scenes at Spark. You know, what's really going on with with parents writing books with their kids. So how was that first book and, and what was the story behind that? And then the second book and how are they, how are they different? Well, the first book uh, is called The Adventures of Elemental P. And it is a classic children's book with colored pictures and, you know, a sentence or two on each page. We wrote it when my son was in kindergarten. It sparked out of an idea that um, I so had. So, what, what age is kindergarten for people who don't live in the he states? Was, and... So he was six when six. we wrote it. Okay. 
Um, he was learning to read, and as a kid, I had thought that the song, the ABC song, was Elemental P, not L-M-N-O. <laughs> um, so I had thought Elemental P would be sort of a great character. And as he, that was always around in my head, and as he was learning to read, there's all kinds of really clever sayings and phrases um, that kids say, and he was repeating them to me and uh, making observations about sight words and things like that. And I sort of had this idea. I'm like, wow, this would be a great book. And so it, um, it came together relatively quick. I wrote, wrote, wrote the bulk of it because, again, he was six. But it was all based on everything that he had said to me and things that he had shown me. So, I mean, in good conscience, I couldn't call it my book. I mean, there are, yeah. there are pieces I can point to directly that are straight from Matthew. Wow. You know, um, I, have to, I have to interrupt you because you said two things. You said, wow, what a great idea for a book. And then you said, it came together really easily. So, <laughs> I mean, the first, I, that, the, the first one, I mean, how books, many people say that? Both my books have come together really easily wow. when they've been right. Okay. So the okay. first book came together really easily. I wrote the vast majority of it in one draft. I added more stuff to it from Matthew, which is when I realized that he was going to have to be um, a co-author. Yeah. And then we thought about getting it illustrated. But um, when I was putting together sort of how I wanted it to look and well, let me back up. First, we just kind of did some, I did some stick figure illustrations and we read it to his kindergarten class, just kind of as a lark. Never really yeah. thought I'd do anything with it. Yeah. They loved it. They loved wow. it. So, and they loved the pictures. They really liked, and it was all stick figures. So what, I started expanding on that and I kind of realized that Matthew and I could do these pictures and mm. we did. And, and how so, how did Matthew deal with or enjoy or dislike being the author of a book in his class? What, oh, what he loved it. Like? Loved it. Wow. Loved it. Matthew, um, Matthew's an actor and a performer, so he did not oh, mind the attention wow. at all. And it was all very positive, and he thought it was really cool, and he was very into it. And he couldn't wait to work on it. Every day, you know, sort <laughs> wow. of after school, I'd say... Um, well, what do you want to do after he kind of finished his homework? He's like, let's work on the book. Wow. We get the pictures out and work on the book, and it was great. I remember we those days. <laughs> right? The kids we were enthusiastic. We one ourselves, and it was, it was hard. I mean, I had to get people to help me translate our pictures into print-ready material. Yeah. I stumbled across some people that had expertise in this field that did it for us for no cost, which was unbelievable. I found, you know, a cheap printer in China. And so we were able to do it. And as soon as we did the first book, he started talking about the second book. And we had some ideas using the character again, but it just, it wasn't coming together. Yeah. I just couldn't get the flow. I couldn't get the, the, I mean, I did some rough drafts of it, but I just couldn't, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't, wasn't impressing natural. myself. It wasn't naturally. Yeah, I mean, I was like kind of putting it together and going, I'm not even impressing myself here. Okay, okay. So then... Um, and how old is he at that point then? He's like seven and eight. So okay. second and third grade, you know, I'm trying to 
we thought about maybe trying to use some of the stuff they say in the math when they're teaching you. And I wrote down some of those ideas, but I just couldn't, I don't know. It just wasn't the same. And it was so much work, the first book that I kind of was not really into doing all that work again, the drawing and the, um, the sketching and then having somebody get a print ready for me. I didn't want right, to ask the same right. person because I knew it ended up being a tremendous amount of work and he yeah. wouldn't charge me. So quite frankly, um, I read your book, Spark. Yeah. And I saw that my next book could be really short and conversational and it didn't right. have to be a picture book. And you didn't have to have and it printed it, in China. Correct. And, um, the the conversational sort of nature of the way that you wrote uh, is sort of the way that I think as well. Yeah. And it started coming to me really quickly. And the first thing with, with my books is always the title. It came right into my head. It's the way God made me. Um, it's something Matthew said to me about his food allergies. And I was even, I was a little reluctant to use that just because some people get weird about religion. Right. And we had some weird pushback on our first book because there's a line in there that talks about drawing a seven that says across the sky and down from heaven. That's the way you make a seven. And some public schools were like, oh, we can't have that in here because of church and state. Hmm. And so, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't say that's exactly what what he said. Yeah. And we're not particularly religious people. I mean, he goes to an Episcopal school, but we don't go to church all the time. We don't talk about God all the time. I thought it was kind of remarkable that that's what came out of his little kindergarten mouth. And so um, over the years of dealing with his nut allergy, you know, in each school and each year, um, I kind of had a format in mind of what I wanted to tell people about it and what I wanted to say about it. And really and truly, For us, as scary and as awful as his food allergies are, he and I, in particular, have always focused on the good parts. I've always really made an effort to say, well, look how great that was that somebody did this for you. And look how nice that was. And I'm, I'm somebody that always tries to see the upside. You know, like what's what's the benefit of this? What's the lesson? What's what can we get out of this to make it more positive for all of us? Wow. What can be the fun part of this? And so... But from what really I understand, focus- that's where the, the title comes from too, right? Because he, he wasn't... He's not it's like, oh, woe is me. I have a terrible nut allergy. Oh, my life is terrible. And he's like, nope. oh, that's the way God made me. I can't eat nuts or, you know, anything have them nearby me. That's just the way I am. And, you know, what are we, what are we doing not there? A, not never been ashamed never been embarrassed um there's always been issues at school when they're like oh you know can we tell people it's matthew and i'm like well you have to tell people it's matthew i mean they they have to be aware of who they're protecting but they're like well some kids are sensitive i'm like oh no he's fine we've never ever been ashamed of it ever like i've always just not a big deal. We'll go in there. Oh, they have nuts. We're all leaving. None of us are staying. None of us are upset. None of us are, we're all fine. We'll go do something else. Um, and really my husband is really great at that. He's really great at if plan A doesn't work out, making plan B seem like it was the, our first choice. And is that a common, I just can't imagine that that is a, a common attitude towards it. I w- maybe I'm just more like, 
I don't, I'd be more the victim. I'd be like, oh, woe is me. It's not common at all. Okay. At all. Okay. At all. And well, that's, then that's really cool about your book then. If you have a positive spin on it, then maybe people can learn something from that. And that's, as I've, that's part of the reason that I wanted to write it as well. Okay, okay. Um, because the way Matthew handles it is so unique and is not the way other allergy kids handle it at all. Oh, and okay. um, a lot of them feel bad. A lot of them are upset. Um, they worry. And, mm. you know, it doesn't bother him. He doesn't mind. I mean, I've had parents say, oh, does he get upset when you go to birthday parties and he can't eat anything? And I'm like, no, he doesn't. Mm doesn't get upset when he can't have something that everybody else can have at all. He's fine. You know, He's that, happy that, to be there. There's some lessons and, in there that adults without nut allergies could, could take from, right? I mean, oh, this the way it is. Uh, let's, let's move on to the next thing. I'm not going to dwell on it and I'm not going to suffer. I'm not going to sit here and moan and pout and right. feel sorry for myself. Wow. That's really impressive. And maybe that's what's made, um, I mean, in the book I talk about, you know, Matthew is is always happy and easy to be around, and it's created a different lifestyle for us, which has turned out to be awesome, you know, that we would never have done it this way if he didn't have his nut allergies, never. We would have raised him very differently, and I don't think we would have been as involved. I mean, we both have careers, we both work. Yeah. But it hasn't been something, childcare is something people outsource pretty readily. And we haven't been able to. Yeah. And it's been awesome that we haven't been able to. So how is this book different for him? Because now he's a little older. And you said this wasn't, I mean, he's not happy-go-lucky six-year-old, yay, let's go work on the book again. (laughs) So how how did this one go as far as working together with him? Well, now that he can... You know, now that he can read and write and has to read and write for school, it's yeah. a chore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the idea of having to sit down and write, he hates sitting down and writing. He right, has to right. do it every night at his homework. <laughs> right. In fact, he told his teacher the thing he hates most about school is writing. And I'm like, really? We're about to publish your second book. Okay. We'll, we'll quote, put so, that in his author biography. <laughs> right? So really he... Um, I promised him that he would not actually have to do any physical handwriting, <laughs> that we would just discuss it. And then I would write it down and read it back to him and he could make the edits to me. Um, but then he really, he was, when I talked about doing a second book and I said, we're going to do it on your nut allergy. He was like, Oh, no one wants to read that. Mm. And you know, just like that's boring. Right. And I, said to him no it really it it is something people need to know about because you know and I finally sold him on it and this was in the book when I said what if we could just give him the book to read Matthew and you didn't have to keep explaining it to everybody I won't always be there you know he's 10 years old adults come up to him and ask him can you have this can you have that right and he looks to me and wants me to be the one to say no go put that away you're trying to kill my son right because he doesn't have it in him to say that yet, which I understand. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, what if we could give him this book and tell him how it is for you and people could read it and then they would all know. And then it wouldn't be, um, you wouldn't have the burden all the time. And so yeah. he kind of liked that idea. And um, so we put it together and then I was 
I had a hard time trying to figure out how to meld what I wanted to say and what he wanted to say about it. And then I finally just realized, well, we should just use the two voice technique because our perspectives are different, but equally valid. We've been on this journey together since the day it happened. And you know, I, I, this is really interesting because in Spark, you know, we have so many different parents and so many different kids and they are, there's so many different ways to make this work. And I've heard from some who say, you know, I really want my daughter to write it, but I'm taking over too much and it's becoming my book, the mother and oh, it should be her book, but I want it to be our book. And I think you have one, I mean, it's not, maybe not solution for everybody, but I like it. You write your bit, he writes his bit. That's good. You have your voice, he has his voice. You can agree, you can, you can disagree. And that's really cool. You get two perspectives, the adult and the kid. That's really neat. That I think that could be really a great tip for people if they're struggling, sort of like, what's the voice of the book? You know, what's, who's it coming from? And this is definitely an option to make it coming from you both. So yeah, and I, I mean, it just kind of, you know, I, I read a lot of Jodi Picoult books. Uh-huh. Um, she's one of my favorite authors, and she always uses that technique. Uh-huh. Every character has a different font and has a different voice. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, why don't I just do that and yeah. let him say what he wants to say about particular things, and I'll say what I want to say about particular things. Because, like, some of them, at, at one point, you know, people always want to know what happened and how we found out. Well, he was, too. He doesn't remember. Hmm. You yeah. know, so yeah. I was like, what do you say when people ask you about that? And he was like, and, you know, his his feedback is in there on, you know, how he felt about writing this book. But then there were some also some really cool things he said to me that I didn't expect, you know, about like the advice he would give to other kids and what happens at school when kids bring stuff and does he get upset, you know, wow. and he, you know, it was really interesting just to hear what he had to say and how he said it. One of the things that he brought up that that I wasn't going to put in the book originally was how so many foods don't appeal to them, be, don't appeal to him because there are too many flavors mixed together. Oh. And he really wanted to make that point because we've gotten upset with him when he wouldn't eat something that he technically could eat. You know, there's no nuts in it. It's right. stuff you like. You're just being difficult, you know, like parents are when they have a picky eater, right? right? Yeah. And I think for us, we were wanting him to eat different things because it wouldn't be so life-limiting. I mean, his allergy really, really gives him a very particular palate. Yeah. And he just does not like a lot of stuff. I mean, and he can tell if you make it even one iota different if you did than you did the last time. Wow, if I make him scrambled wow. eggs with water versus scrambled eggs with milk, he tastes the difference. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's not, not just nut allergy, but it's become his his palate is is so sensitive. That's I think it's I think it's self protective, honestly. Mm. I mean, it, it'll and I didn't discuss this too much in the book, but I I didn't discuss it at all in the book really. But I have heard from adults with allergies that. Anytime something you're, is suspect to your body, it literally tastes like poison to you. It's not, wow. you can't eat it. Things smell weird to you. Um, so it's, it's not, it's really, it's a self-preservation for him. And 
it took us a while to get over that. That was hard for us because already he couldn't eat so many things. And then he was on top of it being picky. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Limiting it was like, more. right. You're making this even worse. And we both got upset with him and, you know, and he was just like, remember you guys would get really mad at me. And I'm like, we did get mad at you. You're right. And it finally kind of dawned on me with some things that other moms said and other adults said that maybe he was just protecting himself and I should leave him alone. Wow. And so we do. He literally eats almost the same food all the time. Doesn't complain. Doesn't care. That's what he wants. That's what he'll eat. Wow. So. Wow. I, you know, I just think the that his attitude and his whole perspective on it is so refreshing. It's, it just, I mean, of course you're not going to write a book. It's about whining and moaning, but still, <laughs> but I guess you could, but here there's well, someone and he's got, he's got so many things stacked up against him. I mean, in, in the outside perspective, right? Like, oh boy, poor kid. Oh, poor this, poor that. And he's like, no, that's what everybody says. I, I'm everybody all good. Said, oh God, that's awful. And I'm like, there are so many worse things. Yeah. Yeah. And really refreshing. And we've actually come to see it as a lot of really cool things. You know, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to it for us anyway. Well, but that's a really refreshing perspective. I mean, not only is you're taking this negative and you're not only making it neutral, you're flipping it on its head and making it positive. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's really something. I'm proud to have you in Spark. I'm proud that I'm so excited that you wrote this book. It's so cool. Well, and I would like to say this about Spark that's been um, really helpful. As as I've said to a few people who've asked me about it, um, you know, I already wrote a book with my kid. Yeah. So um, you would think that I don't need Spark. Yeah. Because I've done this once. But having done this once, I'm still here to tell you that each book is different. And... I found a lot of value in um, the podcast and the information and the feedback and the assistance on getting it done um, that I, I say to people, you know, I've learned things and I already did this. Oh, great. So great. It's, it is a value. Um, and if you have the desire to do it with your child and you have the idea, it's there. Yeah. You know, you just uh, the hardest thing is just doing it. Yeah. It is. It is. It's that first step. And well, it's also the idea. You said, you know, oh, I have a great book idea. But of course, everybody says that. Everybody says, oh, I have, that would be a great book idea. But most people don't act on it. I mean, you've now done it twice. And no, you know, knowing how to act on it. It yeah, was much yes. easier to publish uh, the second time than the first time. Right. Right. Yeah. And well, that, uh, was yeah. Huge. that was huge because I was able to do it myself. And not have to ask other people to get involved. And that is always much better. And even if, you know, all that ever happens is we wrote a book. Well, we wrote a a book. Now we've written two books. Yeah. Well, even that, you say, if that's all that happens. But think of the 94.9% of the population who have never written a book, who have said, I would love to write a book. And they don't. Well, you have. Well, there you go. And so is Matthew. Matthew's written yes. two, and he's what? How old is Matthew, he now? He's 10. He's 10. He has two books Matthew under his belt. Who, Not bad. Matthew, who hates to write. 
There we go. That's the that's the tagline we got to do. I have two books under my belt, and I hate to write. Yep. <laughs> the end. The book is called It's the Way God Made Me. And as you've heard, together with Meg here, this is a ridiculously positive spin on something that many people, it's, well, apparently many people, just keep that negative thing going. And they've managed to turn it around, not even just make it neutral, but make it positive. So it sounds like a book that we could all learn from, even if we don't have nut allergies, and to appreciate what we have and where we are and what what and how God made us in the world. And uh, to roll with that and say, you know, pass the nut-free pecan pie, please. <laughs> if I would just say this, as somebody whose child, it is life-threatening at all times. Yeah. If you know any child who has a nut allergy or deal with anyone that deals with this, um, read the book, learn how to be more positive with those people. Maybe yeah. you can give them the, the blessings and gifts that Matthew's friends have given us. And maybe the child with the allergy will um, read it and feel so not alone. Mm. I've heard that oh. feedback from people read the draft that That's they want a, to give it to kids that have food issues or parents that deal with that just to have a more a different perspective on it and see something um you're not the only ones but also what if you just thought about the good stuff that came yeah that is a great gift idea give it to someone especially a kid who has a nut allergy to especially if they have a nut allergy and they're it's hurting them or they're negative about it or they're struggling with it this this could be a great gift Wow. Thanks for talking, Meg. I, I think it's not Thank the last you. time we're going to talk. I want to hear how things go. We should talk in a bit and see how things are down down the way. And uh, I bet you're going to get a lot of feedback on this book and some some love from people out there who say, wow, thank you for writing this. And hopefully Matthew will will get those get that feedback too and say, hey, I, I know you're an author with two books who hates to write, but thank you for writing that because it really helped me. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm rooting for you, and congratulations. It's I'm so thrilled that you did this, and thanks for talking with me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for letting us be part of it. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.